0: Tonight, we discuss why gender representation in government is BS. I'm Roaming Millennial, and you're watching Uncensored. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Today we're going to be talking about female politicians. Now, as someone who is a woman, I've always found it very interesting how the left so often pushes for getting more females into elected positions. And don't get me wrong, I totally believe that women should be able to do whatever job they want, including being a politician. But when you talk to progressives, they so often frame this issue as not just the importance of gender equality and women being able to take opportunities, but also the idea that female politicians are able to represent the interests of their female constituents better than a male politician would be able to. And it's funny because I know the concept of representative government is an important one, but I'm pretty sure that it usually refers to being representative of ideas and values and interests and not necessarily just representative of having people with the same genitals that you have also be in office. And you know what, I actually think that a lot of people on the left, especially those who support social justice, kind of see those issues as one, that if you want to represent someone's interests, then yeah, you do need to share either their sex or religion or gender or sexuality or something. Personally, speaking as someone who is female and conservative, which honestly most women aren't, I think that is ridiculous. As a person, my interests when it comes to government are things like national security, immigration. Uh, low taxes, being able to run a small business how I see fit. And I, I really don't think the fact that I have a uterus and vagine factors into that almost Almost at all, really. But you know what? I am fully open to the idea that I am wrong about this. Maybe in order for my interests to be represented in the government, I really do need someone like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, a millennial woman in office, telling people what to do. But anyway, here to maybe prove me wrong is a video from Vox titled What Happens When Women Win Elections.
1: A total of 273 women were on the ballot in the 2018 midterms, representing both parties. Now, compare that to the past five elections. That's a big jump in women candidates vying for office. So women must be pretty well represented in the U.S. government now, right? Not exactly.
0: Now I'm just going to pause things right there for just a second because I already think I know where they're going with this. Like I said before, I really do want to live in a world where women can be whatever they want to be, including politicians. And some people when they hear that will say, well, we're not there yet. I mean, look how few female politicians there are in office currently. Obviously, there's something standing in the way of women seeking their dreams of being president or a senator or representative, which is kind of the classic mentality that we see on the left of, oh, there's unequal outcomes, therefore there must be unequal opportunities, which is just, it's so wrong in almost every example that they try to bring up. Regarding women in office, for example, it is true that they are still a tiny minority of people who are serving as elected officials, but if you ask me, that is not enough to prove that there is still some sort of systemic discrimination preventing women from seeking out these roles. Honestly, as a woman who is interested in politics, Obviously, I just got to say, most women are not interested in becoming politicians and having to run election campaigns. Women by nature are just not as competitive as men, and that's not me being sexist. That's actually backed up by psychology. And elections, they're essentially one long giant competition, especially if you're running for the House that comes up every two years. That's exhausting also women tend not to want to work as many hours as men work-life balance is a lot more important to women than it is for men and yeah that's because of things like children and caring for our families so it's it's not that women are lazy but still when it comes to work we do want fewer hours and if that's you being a politician is just really not the way to go and i think most women are aware of that so we're making our own choices for ourselves to say no thank you not my cup of tea does that mean we're oppressed No, I I don't think so. I think it means that we're exercising our agency and trying to determine what is best for ourselves. But sorry, please continue, Vox.
1: Women of color make up 18% of the U.S. population. But before the 2018 midterms, they accounted for just 7% of Congress. And LGBT women make up about 2.5% of the U.S. population. But there are only two openly LGBT women in Congress. That's less than 1%. Even with the recent wins by women candidates in the 2018 midterms, there's still a long way to go before they're fully represented. And this underrepresentation can have very real policy consequences.
0: Seriously, you do not need to share immutable characteristics like sex or sexuality with your elected officials in order to be represented by them. In fact, you're represented by them just by virtue of voting for them. Being represented by a government means that they represent your interests, not that they look like they could be some sort of film stand-in for you, that you you kind of resemble each other. That's that's never been what that word means in the context of representative republics or democracies. That's, I, I don't know where these people are getting this idea. I mean, that line that if you're a woman, you should vote for a woman because... We're both women. That's exactly the kind of thing that Hillary Clinton tried to pull during her election campaign. And guess what? It it didn't work because a lot of women realized that, hey, even though I have a vagina, that doesn't mean I'm on board with things like, I don't know, probable war with Russia, higher taxes, tons of migrants.
1: Take a look at this chart showing what 2018 congressional candidates spent time talking about. Women were much more likely than men to discuss issues like education, climate change, and minimum wage.
0: Ah, you see, here is where we finally get some insight as to why the left pushes so hard to get women into office. And spoiler alert, I don't think it's just because of equality of outcome or even equality of opportunity. You see, and this is no secret, women tend to be much more liberal than men are. And the same is true for minorities versus white people. If you're black or Hispanic, you are way more likely to hold liberal opinions than if you're white. Again, no racism, no sexism here. This is just what voting demographics tell us. Women are more likely to be Democrats. LGBT members are more likely to be Democrats. Racial minorities are more likely to be Democrats. Guess who the Democrats are trying to get more of in office? shocking. And don't get me wrong, I have no problem with people of any skin color or orientation or belief system or race or whatever being in office, but I think you'd have to be pretty naive to believe that the only reason the left wanted more of those people in office was because of representation. I mean, Vox outlines it themselves. Women are much more likely to bring up leftist policy points than men are.
1: There's even evidence that women make better lawmakers. One study found that female lawmakers bring in 9% more federal spending for their constituents than their male counterparts. And that's on top of the fact that women lawmakers sponsor more bills than male legislators.
0: Told you, when they are in office, women are just more likely to push leftist big government policies than men are. And it's interesting here that Vox conflates more federal spending and more laws being pushed as being a better legislator. Under whose definition, aside from being a big government leftist, are those things better? I mean, personally, I would kind of measure the quality of a legislator based on things like, I don't know, unemployment numbers, the ability to open and operate a small business, record on upholding constitutional rights, lowering taxes, but I mean, sure, sheer number of laws passed, It's that's that's a way to do it too. I mean, more laws, more better, right? That's good.
1: This success might actually help explain why women are less likely to run for office than men in the first place. Many women underestimate their qualifications and perceive gender bias among voters, which discourages them from running. Because of these hurdles, only the most talented and ambitious women seek office.
0: Yep, that's definitely the case. That's why we end up with female politicians like Hillary Clinton, Maxine Waters, and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Just the, the cream of the crop when it comes to talent and ambition. Definitely. Okay, you know what? That's enough of that video. It's depressing me. Look, the reason why I wanted to talk about this issue is because at the end of the day, the idea that you need to look like someone in order to be represented by them is nothing but divisive. If your interests cannot be represented or understood by a fellow citizen just because they have a different sex or skin color or orientation, then why are you even sharing the same country? I'm being serious, think about it. If our interests are determined by things like our skin color and people with different skin colors have different interests, then why are we in the same country anyway? It doesn't make sense. If races and genders and religions are nothing but separate groups with competing and separate interests, then there is literally no reason for us to come together as a country. And I really don't think that people on the left have thought through this rhetoric entirely because if a black person cannot be represented, by a white person in office, then why on earth would a white person be represented by a black person in office? And if a white person can't be represented by a black person, then why on earth should they vote for a black person? You see, that's why identity politics are so cancerous, because they do nothing but divide us. But I still operate under the perhaps old-fashioned, even naive assumption that my interests are determined by my humanity, my nationality, and that all or at least most of my fellow citizens, regardless of what they look like, actually have the same interests as me. But anyway, that's it for this video. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and I'll see you next time.